Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome to the Daily Nebraskan Show, the very first episode. I am Ben Droz, one of the sports writers of the Daily Nebraskan, and I'm joined here by Joseph Meyer, the senior sports editor of yes, the Daily Nebraskan, and I got Marissa Cross sitting across from me. Joseph, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to get this project up and rolling. A lot of work has gone in behind the scenes. You, know, you put in a lot of work. And here at the station, we're, we're more than happy to have this opportunity. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into how we got here, what we're going to be doing going forward, and talking about Nebraska volleyball later as uh, it's a big day here in Lincoln. Uh, Marissa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, just echoing, echoing everything you said. I'm just super excited to get started with this opportunity. Again, if you want to text into the show, you can do that at 402-464-5685 right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. So we kind of wanted to start the show, you know, introducing all of ourselves and then um, kind of going into all of our individual experiences mm-hmm. with the DN. And Joseph, I'll kind of let you just start us off. Yeah. Here. So, you know, for people who don't know, Dale Nebraska and student journalism, as they like to say, it's fun. It's a new environment. Uh, we never really dove into radio, but we've been doing print coverage yeah. and now online coverage for a long, long time. So we're trying to dive into deep waters here with this radio stuff, but I'm more than more than excited to get started with that. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I'm the, I'm the senior sports editor at the Daily Nebraskan. Uh, Marissa is one of my assistants, and we have an awesome staff full of staff writers that covering every Husker sports and pretty much any story that involves student athletes. We're by students for students. That's kind of our motto. So uh, Ben is one of our awesome staff writers and he kind of put forth this opportunity for us. Ben, if you want to give us a little bit of idea of how we got to where we are today and what this is going to look like going forward. Yeah, definitely. And appreciate the kind words, Joseph, as always. And um, yeah, so kind of like a month back, I talked to DP and I was really excited about the idea of being able to get student journalists Mm -hmm. On the radio, which it at first it seemed kind of like a weird idea to me, you know, just just toss it out. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I was kind of just like spitballing, just right. throwing darts at the target, hoping one landed. And I was just like, hey, DP, I think it'd be really awesome if we could just like even just like once a week, you know, the Daily Brassing could just like have a show where, you know, we can get exposure for these student journalists, get their name kind of out there and give them a really cool opportunity. And DP was like, well, one episode a week doesn't make sense. <laughs> what? Why don't we do, you know, every weeknight? And I was like, all right, all right, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So right now, um, our first episode's on a Saturday, which when we do like a full launch of when we're doing every mm-hmm. weeknight in January, it's not going to be Saturdays. We're kind of thinking right now, Monday through Friday mm-hmm. or four of, the five, four of the five of those days, depending on how everything goes. You know, we're still very much in the early stages of the <laughs> show. As this it. is, as Larry, this is the first episode of this show but yeah i'm just like super pumped for this opportunity not just for me and us sitting in this room but just everyone you know on our staff and also just the journalists and people at the journalism college that you know want to get an opportunity like this that know like you know this is a really neat opportunity for unl students that the daily nebraska and 93.7 the ticket are kind of collaborating on to be able to give to students now marissa i want to be able to throw it to you 
can you kind of introduce yourself and why you think this is such a great opportunity for not only us, but just everyone here on staff? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Marissa again. I'm one of the assistant sports editors this year, and I started with the Daily Nebraskan about four years ago as a freshman, as a sports writer and photographer. I actually came into college wanting to do photography and focus on photojournalism, but then through um, just various experiences and things, I fell in love with sports writing, and so it's kind of what I've stuck with ever since, and now I'm one of the assistant sports editors alongside Joseph, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, just going off of what Ben said, yeah, it's it's an incredible opportunity. In my time here, I've mostly focused on print journalism and writing um, and haven't gotten a ton of like radio and that kind of stuff, but it's an essential skill in journalism to be well-rounded in multiple areas, not just writing, not just photography. It's really good to have all the skills. And so I think that's just one of the greatest benefits of this opportunity is for our writers to get experience in other mediums of journalism and just get their feet wet and wet and something new. And, and also something we talked a lot about Joseph was, um, just storytelling, being mm-hmm. able to storytell and so we do best. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. And, uh, we're definitely going to do, I guess, game, re- game recaps and just stuff about sports. But I think what we also want to emphasize for us and for our writers is to, to do a lot of storytelling too, with uh, features and profiles and that kind of stuff. And, that's something that we're trying to do more of in the sports section. So I think this is one way that we can get those stories out there. I think it's awesome to have you here, Marissa, because, you know, you're a senior on our staff. This is your last year with us. But to have this part be part of your parting gift to us and helping put this together. Uh, I You came in in the COVID era of not kind of a transition in this, you know, within this newspaper, kind of up in the air of what was going on. And now we're kind of ushering in a new era here. You get to be a part of this in your last year. Um, and, you know, Ben is one of those kids that's, you know, the future of this section. So um, like like we've said, we cannot be more excited to get this show on the road and just kind of give you our experience as DN writers and share that over the airwaves. Yeah. And I mean, and it wasn't just, you know, me and us in this room being able to put this together. Right. I mean, huge shout out to DP, uh, one of the owners of this radio station. He's just been awesome for us. He has just kind of handed us the keys, you know, to kind of just do whatever we want with this show. And it's just such an exciting opportunity. Also want to thank, you know, not only just like, you know, the sports writers on the DN for, you know, really wanting to dive headfirst in this. But I also want to thank the DN GM, Alan Vaughn, if he's Mm -hmm. listening. Really appreciate you. When I first messaged him about the show and I was like, kind of like, didn't know what he was going to say. He was like, Ben, let's make this happen. (laughs) He was like, 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 that's all he said. He just like he didn't even need to hear any more other than student journalists being able to get on the radio and he was just sold he I obviously we need to talk more details but he <laughs> but he was just so excited you know to be able to get give this opportunity to his students so i kind of want to give you know while this is the first episode and this is going to be kind of an episode unlike all the rest of right. them i kind of want to give a sneak peek into what to kind of expect when you tune into this show and i think you guys kind of touched on it first I think the biggest thing that's exciting me the most about this is that when we do profiles and do features, we're going to really be able to tell those stories Mm -hmm. through the airwaves here on 93.7 The Ticket. And I just think that's what's one of the coolest opportunities. And Marissa, you've been, out of all the profiles I've been reading on the DN, I feel like like every time I see you drop a profile, I like have to read it. Can you kind of talk about um, why 
storytelling and writing these profiles for these student athletes is so important and why it's so cool that we're going to be able to tell that story in another form. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Profiles and features have definitely been my favorite part of being, I guess, in the DN and and particularly the sports section, just because of that storytelling um, aspect, excuse me. But I just think it's really cool to get a behind the scenes look of athletes. You know, we see them on the court, we see them on the field, but taking off that extra layer and getting to know them as a person, getting to know their family and their background. I think that's just a really cool opportunity for us. And it allows us to just get to know the story of the athletes and how they got to, you know, be a D1 athlete here at Nebraska. And it just allows another layer of accessibility for fans and for students as well to, to learn about these athletes. And so um, I think that's just one of, I would argue, probably one of the more important things that we do here. You can only squeeze so much into a piece on the website, right? Oh, yeah. There's sometimes you have to leave stuff out. That's why this is going to be awesome because it's, you can tell everything. Oh, yeah. Face to face. This is what this athlete's story is. This is how they communicated it to me. You can add a little bit more emotion over the, uh, over the radio, whereas maybe sometimes you can't, it's, you can. It's definitely harder to do through writing. And Marissa, you do that uh, magnificently. But that's why this kind of thing is so cool where we get to storytell over the radio. Um, ben, I know you have been on, of the us three, you've been here for the shortest amount of time. But I kind of wanted to ask you, what's been your favorite memory of covering sports for the DN or, or something that you've really enjoyed doing? Yeah, I mean, when I first came to UNL, my passion was really like sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, I announced the high school football games at my school, and that's kind of where I found my love for sports media. And when I came here, you know, that opportunity wasn't given to me right away to be able to, you know, go on radio, go whatever, and be able to like announce games. So I was kind of trying to look for other avenues to be able to, you know, still dive into sports media. And journalism was kind of my way to do that. And my advisor was like, You know, the DN, great opportunity. And I'm just so glad that, you know, I applied and everything has just worked out so well. I've been on countless beats. I'm trying to count them. (laughs) I I mean, my freshman year, um, after doing soccer a little bit, I kind of just went head on in the coverage of women's basketball and then softball. And, you know, I've never really, you know, covered a sports team just like that in depth before. And it's just been a really cool opportunity. You know, I mean, going to the games is cool. Being able to write, get my name out on there is really cool. But, you know, just, it's just, it was just a new experience for me. And that was what, you know, just has been my favorite part is, you know, being able to use my voice in a different way through my writing. Joseph, what would you say is yours? Yeah, it's very similar to you there. You know, we kind of start off on what sports you may not be very familiar with coming in. I started on the wrestling beat. I had no idea what the sport of wrestling was and how to even cover it. I had to learn the sport, the terminology as I went. And there was this point where it kind of clicked of like, I'm learning as I go. And that was the coolest thing for me. Uh, So I started on wrestling, did softball my freshman year, the year they won the Big Ten Championship, which was an awesome experience to cover. And then moving into my sophomore year, got to be an assistant sports editor. And now I'm the senior sports editor. But Last year, we got to 
have a couple of us go down to Iowa City for the Iowa-Nebraska game at the end of the year. And it had been a tumultuous season, to say the least. And there hadn't been much um, joy going around here in Lincoln. But to go to Iowa City and experience that, cr- crammed into a car, drove down at God knows when in the morning, uh, got to Iowa City, experienced the game, got to be on the field for the celebration after. This was a four-win team celebrating like they won the Super Bowl, but you could feel that emotion. Oh, yeah. In the press conference afterwards, you could feel the players just overpouring, even those seniors who had never never been to a bowl game. Their time at Nebraska had completely come short of probably what they were expecting, but to beat Iowa on their home field and go off that way, it, it just felt special. You could feel the emotion there, and those players, a lot of them knew they weren't coming back. They knew the coaching staff was likely gone after that year. Uh, they knew there was going to be a lot of change, but it, it was just a, they took the moment as it was, and it was really cool to get to experience that did all of our coverage, got out of there. You know, Iowa City, Des Moines is a doable drive in one day. Iowa City was a little rough for leaving in the morning, coming back, because it wasn't far enough to justify a a hotel ticket on a student journalism budget. Mm -hmm. Um, So we drove back that same night, got home at like 3 in the morning. So it was one full long day covering Nebraska football. Wasn't expecting a Nebraska win that day, but just to experience that with, the players and with the coaches and, you know, to see them getting on the bus after the game, the season's over. They didn't make a bowl game. They finished well short of expectations just to be happy. It, it just kind of brought out the raw emotion of the sport. And Trey Palmer's easily the fa- my favorite player I've ever oh. covered here. Um, it, his, <laughs> his swagger and confidence just overflowed. And you could really feel that on that day, the team embraced that and reflecting on that a year, a year later, not much has changed, at least on the field, but I think that moment was kind of a beacon of hope for the future of the program and, and kind of how they move forward with a little more optimism. So that's definitely been my favorite moment. Yeah, Marissa, what would you say has your, been your favorite moment with the DN so far? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my experience was a little bit different. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, I started with photography, and so I was on the sidelines of football games and um, I don't know, basketball, volleyball, all of that. And so I didn't really have a ton of beat experience until this season when I covered football. Um, so I guess before that in my photography era, I I would say just my first football game on the sidelines and just seeing the game from that point of view. Um, this wasn't my first game that I photographed, but um, it was the first night game of the season. I want to say two seasons ago. I honestly don't remember, but it was just a night game which is a completely different, different yeah. atmosphere um, with college football. And it was just insane being down there, taking photos, looking up at the stands, at the students. Um, it was just a, super incredible. And then, of course, that was, I think, the first time that they did that third quarter light show. Okay. Yeah, too. The Northwestern. Yeah. Freshman year. yeah. Yes, exactly. That game. Thank you. Um, and so just seeing that for the first time when nobody knew it was happening or what to expect and being on the field for that and, you know, watching all the lights shut off and then, you know, the fire cannon <laughs> machine, whatever you call that. Um, and then the red lights and, the, of course, all of the lights comes on and the stadium's rocking. And so um, and I believe we won that game too, right? Mm-hmm. So that was just a really good memory. Um, and then, like I said, I've been covering football um, this, this season with Joseph and Anthony, and that's also been super fun. I had never wrote about football before, really been on a beat, so a lot of – that was new. Um, I mean, I had done a little bit with the World Herald last 
season. So it wasn't completely new, but a lot of just the continuous writing, the repetition, um, just learning the game a little bit more. Uh, that was all just really good experiences and um, just being able to follow the team for a whole season and following storylines. And I was able to do a couple of like features and profiles like oh, yeah. I've always done. And so being able to do that for, um, for football, which I've never done before, that was a good new experience. And so I think that was definitely a highlight so far. If you've never read Marissa's profiles, go read the one that she did on Luke Reimer before senior day. Oh, yeah. That was emotional and just heartfelt for a guy that had seemingly been here forever, finally walking his last day, and you got to kind of cover him with that before the week. But uh, yeah, it was awesome to have you on the football beat this year as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a special year, to say the least, and I'm so excited for what the next semester is going to bring for us. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, being, I mean, that's what's also so great about these opportunities. We're all going to be able to share our experiences with the DN and why, you know, what the DN does is so important for the student journalists that work for them, you know, giving the experience, giving them, being able to put them in real life experiences. Right away. Yeah, right away. And just kind of throw them, like literally just throwing, yeah, just <laughs> throwing them in there. And, you know, that's just been, that's been so great. And, you know, Another thing that's going to be really exciting to do with this show is when we go full live in January, when we're going to be doing weeknights, we're thinking like 11 to 12 at night. Just want to throw that out there. I think that time's going to be so awesome because a lot of like the basketball games mm -hmm. and stuff like that is going to be getting over kind of around that time for some of those games. So we're going to be able to get, you know, when our reporters go out and cover those games, we're going to be able to get live, have them call live in right after the game on some of those and be able to give their um, kind of take on what they saw from the game. So I just think that is also just another really cool part of, you know, this whole idea that me and DP kind of put together. Yeah. When we kind of tossed this out to the section, I, I was a lot of the section hadn't really done stuff like this. And so I was a little hesitant of like, Hey, this is an opportunity we could do if you guys are interested. And it was almost automatic of like, yeah, let's let's jump into this right away. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of symbolic of how we do things, right? Oh, yeah. Like, we haven't done it before. Where else are you going to get experience if you just don't jump right into it? You can't, you know, magically getting a degree, getting a paper isn't going to magically help you learn how to do this stuff. You got to just jump full force into it. Oh, and, yeah. that, and that's what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, the best learning experience is when you're out on the job. And, you know, UNL has programs to be able to get students to cover games and stuff like that. But I don't feel like anyone around Lincoln for like the DN does it better than anyone for students to be able to give this experience. So, and now the ticket is giving it's the DN and their workers even more mm -hmm. experience in a different way. So that's just been what is really cool. And I'm just so excited to be able to jump head on into this and, you know, starting our first episode today. But with that, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to kind of jump into the volleyball match that's going to be coming up. Huge one. Yep. Huge one. A chance to get into the Final Four. We're going to be touching on that when we come back from break right here on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to The Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Remember, if you want to text into the show, you can text in at 402-464-5685. And again, we're also looking at the comments on the streams. We stream on YouTube. 
Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. We see your comments. Trust me, I appreciate all the love and support that everyone is pouring in right now. Um, so, Nebraska Volleyball. They play tonight at tonight. 5. Exciting game. Yeah. They're going to be playing. Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on who they're playing. Arkansas. 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 Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I just had the biggest brain fart ever. Playing Arkansas. This is the first Elite Eight ever. Again, I mean, this is just such a cool opportunity for not only Arkansas, but Nebraska to make it to the Final Four and go to Tampa. And if they do go to Tampa, Marissa, you will be going to Tampa, I believe, if that is correct. Yeah, that is. Um, shout out to Alan Vaughn, our general manager and the donor that was able to make that possible. But yeah, fingers pro- crossed that, um, you know, that they make it. And uh, I think it would be, it's going to be an incredible experience. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> we, It's kind of funny that when we set this time, the game time hadn't been set yet. So a little of a pregame show before this volleyball game. Oh, yeah. Unexpected. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because what I mean, it's a Saturday in Lincoln. That you can feel a little buzz around the city. Mm-hmm. Feels like a game day. And you're like, what? Well, did did Nebraska football some miraculously make a bowl game in postseason play? Uh, or maybe everyone's just tailgating the Army Navy game. No, it is Nebraska volleyball versus Arkansas. Fun matchup. I kind of want to touch back to last game in the Sweet 16. Sweep of Georgia Tech, which in my opinion was the most impressive victory that they've had in a while. Definitely. First two sets were complete domination of a pretty scrappy Georgia Tech team that had just taken down Florida in the in the in the prior round. Nebraska just came out and pummeled them right away. Third set was a little more back and forth. Georgia Tech was never able never able to pull away though, and eventually Nebraska was just the better team. Swept them in three sets. Ben, you've covered this beat all season, and along with some other stuff. So you know you you have a better knowledge of the team maybe than we do, but. What have you seen so far in the tournament that, you know, gives you optimism going forward? Because, you know, first three, first two rounds, it's hard to take much away. But then that Georgia Tech win was very impressive. Yeah. And the most impressive thing about that Georgia Tech win is, I mean, earlier in the season, they beat Louisville, who Mm -hmm. was the number three team going into the tournament in the nation. So, I mean, that was a complete dominant win. The best win definitely of the tournament. I know like the first two rounds, I covered both of those, did takeaways on both of them. The first two rounds, we swept them. Like, if you just look at the stats, it's like, oh, they dominated. Mm-hmm. Those games were closer than it looked like, especially the third set. Nebraska has kind of struggled all year closing out, you know, that final set. You know, I mean, it hasn't really affected them on the record as they only have one loss <laughs> all year. So it's like, I'm kind of being, I mean, when you only have a team only has one loss all year, you have to be nitpicky when you're picking on this team. That, that like closing out that third set has definitely been the biggest thing. But what John Cook said in one of the press conferences really stood out to me was that he said the team plays better in these bigger time matchups against Georgia Tech than like a Long Island in, mm-hmm. in the first round. And I just completely agree with that. I remember there was a game against Northwestern. It was on just like a Sunday at 1, <laughs> 1 p.m. The stadium, Look over again. the Vanny was just quiet, sleepy. And I mean, Nebraska beat Northwestern in four sets, but it was a tough four sets. And like the Nebraska, like the team just feeds off of that energy. And that's why, I mean, I'm really excited 
to see this game because I know that Devaney's going to be rocking. It was rocking on Thursday when it was a 1 p.m. game. <laughs> and, you know, you have students that are skipping classes to be able to watch Which we'll this. touch on later. Yeah. Which, I have a bone to pick. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, this is a historic team, and we're all witnessing it live. And another thing is they don't have a senior on the roster. And that's just, like, the craziest thing to me this entire season is that, you know, Lexi Rodriguez and Mary Beeson have kind of had to take the leadership roles. And, you know, they've been very good in those roles, but they've had four freshman starters kind of all year. And it's just been really incredible to watch from the very first game I watched. I watched the very first game that they went against in their first tournament to now. I mean, you can just see the growth of Harper Murray, Bergen Riley. I mean, all of them, all the freshmen on the team. It's just been, a, they've been a really fun team to watch. Um, what have you, what have you guys taken away from what you've guys seen? Yeah. Like you said, I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit uh, feeding off the energy. That's what we saw last year when you're playing in an empty gym and they lost to Oregon at Louisville just didn't have the same vibe that the Devaney's going to bring and getting to the final four. Once you're at the final four, the stakes are there, right? Mm-hmm. But in that sweet 16, like we saw last year, it just came out a little bit lethargic. Not so this time in the sweet 16. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of these players haven't, gotten to that point yet you know there's a couple players that were there on that national title uh game run in 2021 but this is the first time for most of these players like you said Mm -hmm. and so to play in these big moments feed off the energy even in away environments like against penn state you go down 2-0 if that's an empty gym i think that's a loss but they fed off of the opposing energy came back and won against wisconsin you got to go to a fifth at, at Devaney, I, I don't think they win that match without the en- feeding off the energy of the crowd. So a lot of times the home field advantage in sports is a little overplayed in my opinion of like, yeah, but it's still the same players on the court, on the field. But in this instance, Not with, this with how many young players they have, with how much youth and momentum they play off of, it's exciting. And... Should they win today? I mean, wh- who's to, uh, Nebraska? I, I don't know if you. It's actually a nice day outside, but middle of middle of December, Marissa's going to be having a nice, you know, vacation down in Tampa if they make it that far. Who's to say a lot of these people out in Lincoln and Omaha aren't traveling down there too? Could, oh yeah, they're going. To. Will be a home environment. The coolest thing for me too is the you look at the matchups, the teams that are left. It's been very chalky. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of awesome big name programs in this tournament. Marissa, I know you've never actually covered volleyball, but what have you seen from this team so far this year that's really stood out to you? Yeah, um I mean the the young team, obvious that young team aspect is something that makes this team very unique. Um but it's been really cool to see them adapt this season to the home environment, to the competitive level of the Big 10 and and of course nationally and so I think that's just really stood out, like how much they've all stepped up. I mean, you know, Andy Jackson, Bergen Riley, like all of them, all those leaders on the team are are really stepping up. And so that's just really cool. And I think they definitely have a different mindset um, right now. I think Lexi said in her last press conference, I believe yesterday, that they're not trying to go for a big championship. They're not trying to maintain an undefeated season. Right now, it's very one game at a time. 
we survive in advance. And so I think the different mindset um, is definitely showing in their play. Uh, one thing that Ben pointed out was that in that third set, they do they have been kind of losing it a little bit. I feel like, I mean, obviously they're still winning them, um, but they just, I don't know what, what happens there, but just the, the points are not, you know, coming as quickly for them. They definitely had some scrappy wins. And so uh, I'm sure that they're working on that, of course, for this game. And then if they go to Tampa, that's something they're definitely going to have to clean up. Against Georgia Tech, we saw a little bit of that uh, with a back and forth third set. Georgia Tech was never able to pull more than two points away. They kept it in and at the end just rattle off a, a run. That the reason that win was so impressive to me was especially with Allie Batenhorst, she came out firing. Like they were ready to go right from the jump. Stepping in for Krause, who we don't know who, if, if she's gonna play. She warmed up on Thursday. I haven't really been checking my Twitter during the show, but I'm assuming if she's gonna play, news will break. But if Batenhorst plays like that, that's a championship volleyball team. Mm. To, to step in like that. And just jump off, jump out of the gym. She had like four kills in, in, you know, before we had even got to the actual live feed as they were playing on ESPN Plus or ESPNU before that. But if she plays like that, obviously Beeson had another monster game. Murray, I wouldn't say she was quiet, but she, she didn't need to do as much against Georgia Tech. We know, we, we all know what she can do in, in a big moment. The block, the block was excellent. I believe it was 12 blocks to the Yellow Jackets, two. Oh, yeah. There was no, I mean, every time Georgia Tech went up for an attack, it, it was stuffed. And uh, I believe it's T- Tamara o- Otone. I, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, she was averaging, she's arguably Georgia Tech's best player. She was averaging less than two errors a set all season. Mm-hmm. She had 14 wow. on Thursday. I didn't realize that. Nebraska was giving her fits all night long, and a lot of the bat- that was at the block with Jackson and, and Alec. This team plays like that the next three games. They're going to have a good chance to, to make a run here. Um, and then Bergen Riley. I watched a, just a highlight tape of her sets. I think she had 30 assists on Thursday. It, it's beautiful. It's beautiful volleyball. Oh, yeah. To see the way that she just tricks the opposing front line and, and could send it over to whoever mm-hmm. a huge part of this team that I think sometimes isn't talked about as enough. Um, she is, she's been incredible this season. So that, that win just made me, if I'm Nebraska, I feel optimistic going into this Arkansas matchup, which we'll touch on in a minute because Arkansas is the only three seed in, left. Mm-hmm. It's their first time on this stage. I believe it's their first time in the, um, Re, their first regional appearance. So I think it's their first time in the Elite Eight. Yep. And Nebraska's looking for an undefeated season at Devaney. First time since 2017. You know what? Last time they uh, went undefeated at Devaney, 2017, they won the national championship. So, hey. I mean, this is a special team. You can just tell by watching them. And I really want to touch on two points you made with Harper Murray and Bergen Riley. Harper Murray at the beginning of the year, when I first started watching this team, I was like, Boom. That's like literally the best talent on Nebraska's team. Like Harper Murray was, you could just see the talent. She's definitely like, was. it's definitely raw talent at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, but it was there. She was such a vital part to this team kind of in the first half of this season when, you know, since they're a younger team, they're like, they were winning games, but they were kind of finding their way 
with also freshman Sutterberg and Riley trying to figure out, you know, getting that chemistry. Freshman between everyone. The <laughs> yeah, freshman everywhere. I mean, you have to get that chemistry. So Bergen Riley and Harper Murray definitely had a great connection at the beginning of the year. But as the season's gone on, Riley's Bergen Riley's gone really good at getting it to her other outside hitters. And not that, just middle blockers too. Mary Beeson's been on a tear mm-hmm. this tournament run. She's been awesome. Becca Alec, who, I mean, she's not like the flashiest name on the team, but I think she's probably one of the most important people on this team, maybe outside of Lexi Rodriguez and what she does on the defensive end for the Nebraska team. But Alec, when she didn't play in their first round game against Long Island, I mean, you could just tell, I mean, Maggie Mendelson started. She put it like she played good, but Becca Alec just brings like an energy with this team. And I mean, Nebraska has the talent to make it to the national championship and win it just like they did in 2017. I think it's all mental at this point. And when Becca Alec is, you know, <laughs> bringing the energy, <laughs> you got Devaney center. Fiery team, like, you, got Dev- you got the Devaney center, just the tops getting blown off of that building. Like, I have honestly no doubt in my mind that they're going to win tonight. And, I mean, we're going to touch on what we think is going to happen in this game a little bit later. But, I mean, this is just a special team. And I've been really blessed to be able to cover them for the first time. You know, volleyball is not my forte sport. I don't know all the ins and outs of volleyball. But from watching this team, you can just tell that this is a different Nebraska team from years past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and we'll touch on Arkansas a little bit later. They're a smaller team, Mm -hmm. but with some great outside hitters. The block is going to be huge in this game tonight. Um, And like you said, I I don't see a world where Nebraska doesn't just dominate defensively. We'll see. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But first, I I have a little bit of a bone to pick with ESPN. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Let's do it. I want to get on my high horse here. ESPN, this volleyball tournament, has made it abundantly clear that they refuse to prioritize college volleyball. And it, it frustrates me. And I know it frustrates a lot of people. Oh, yeah. In a year where the powers of the sport, like I talked about, Stanford, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Texas, Louisville, are all great, very marketable, very fun to watch. The sport is exploding. You had a Nebraska versus Omaha game getting talked about on national media mm-hmm. after Nebraska Volleyball Day. The sport's popularity is an all-time high. It's exploding. We're seeing high, you know, all-time ratings across all networks. And ESPN's tossing the Elite Eight on ESPNU. Mm-hmm. A dying channel that isn't even included in a lot of cable packages nowadays. Not to mention this inconsistency that we've had so far. First round's on ESPN Plus behind a paywall. Second round was on ESPN2. Now we're on ESPNU. The next games, thankfully, are going to actually be on national television. It, it just frustrates me. From, especially from the student perspective. And I, I already explained my frustrations with playing out on Thursday at oh, 1 p.m. on finals week. I know that's not really, you can't really fix that. It was hard to find someone that was able to go because we had I, know, class. I was so sad that I couldn't go, but I had class and I couldn't skip it. Anthony, our, our, our other assistant editor, had to skip class to go cover the game. Yeah. Because everyone, no one else had a class they could skip. So that was frustrating from the student perspective. But I, I get that ESPN can't really, can't really control that. But I'm like, okay, well, at least I can watch it on ESPN too. It's nationally televised. I can pull it up on my laptop during class, not pay attention during class. Sorry, sorry, professors. But yeah. And then I, I turn it on and there's a two-hour block. A two-hour block for a Sweet 16 game. And so when Louisville Creighton goes five sets, as it should, it's competitive volleyball. Oh, yeah. It's great. I mean, that, 
that match was awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go two hours. Yeah. There were a lot of reviews as well. That's not going to go two hours. So by the time that game's over, Nebraska is already up a full set. I mm-hmm. missed the full set because I don't have ESPN Plus because I didn't want to pay the paywall. They've made it abundantly clear that this is not their first priority. And they're doing it on today. ESPNU. I get maybe college basketball is maybe a little more marketable. I would disagree. But they got ESPN2 and ESPN playing college basketball regular season all day today. And again, yeah. two-hour blocks. Yeah. And I haven't, been, I haven't been keeping up on the game going right now. Louisville-Pitt. That's going to be a five. At least a four-setter. That's going to be a five-setter. I saw the first one was like 25-23. That's going to be a very competitive match. That game is not going to be over by the time Nebraska starts. Yeah. So viewers get so invested in NCAA March Madness because they can watch every single game. Yep. They can follow along for free, by the way, in most cases, follow along, make their brackets. You're trying to market a sport that is exploding in popularity. And you have to, you have to find, you have to go out and find it. You can't, accidentally crumb across ESPNU on a Saturday afternoon. They had every excuse in the world not to have to play college football today because there's no college football on ESPN today. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me, to be completely honest. I mean, in what, I mean, the biggest thing though is, yes, volleyball is definitely booming. Like it is as popular as it's ever been. And, but it's bigger here in Nebraska. And that's 100%. why it frustrates Nebraska fans 100%. more. You know, like other schools, you know, their football teams are making bowl games every year. We, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even want to touch into that. But, you know, like they have a bunch of, I mean, volleyball, like we are a volleyball school. I, I don't care what anyone says. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I love, <laughs> I love watching volleyball. We are a volleyball school. I don't care how much attention the football team gets. I mean, obviously they're always going to be the most popular, but we are a volleyball school. And it's just frustrating as a Nebraska fan and as a Nebraska student that if I want to go watch the game, I have to skip class during finals week (laughs) when, you know, I'm actually trying to get a degree. So I can't do that. Yeah. But I mean, and the two hour blocks thing is another thing that's annoying because there's been multiple times this year when, when I'm having to watch it, like it's an away game and I'm having to watch it on TV and, or on a streaming service. And, you know, the game before is going on longer it seems to happen more than not it it, it happens so often it's like well i can't watch the first set because Mm -hmm. that that's that volleyball game went five sets i mean it it is definitely frustrating but it's even more frustrating in nebraska because this is a volleyball state Mm -hmm. 100 and i I think espn needs to start prioritizing volleyball otherwise i don't think they should get the rights to the tournament in the future marissa what are your thoughts as as a woman who covers sports in in this sport which there has been debate about does espn really want to prop up the women's sport in this situation yeah, it's extremely frustrating, and I mean, I agree with everything you touched on, and something else that I thought of was, like, Volleyball Day earlier this season in August, and how much attention that got, and I feel like that should have shown, like, television networks and stuff, just how much people do care about volleyball and will watch volleyball. I mean, there was, I don't even know the numbers on the viewership with that, but obviously there was 90,000 fans there just to watch football, I mean, volleyball in person, and so... Um, I, yeah, I mean, I just agree with everything you said. It's extremely frustrating and from the student perspective as well. And, um, I just think that television networks do need to start prioritizing, not just volleyball, but women's sports in general. I get that we, it's, it's in our face here because volleyball is so big, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason it's so big here. Oh yeah. There's a reason because 
they made a effort to market the sport because they knew it could be marketed. They made a distinct move to say, hey, we are going to get volleyball out there. This, I mean, that's why it's so big here. Not just because they've been good forever. It's because they push it out. They let people watch. They, they move to a giant arena where yep. they can pack it every week. Yeah. And I mean, that's the point that I keep coming back to is when you give, like when you actually market the sport and give it to people, I mean, the viewers are going to come in. It is a sport. It's not like it's a sport that nobody cares about. It's like, so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch. Like you have to market it. If they would do as good of a job trying to push volleyball out to its fans as even they did women's b- basketball, which they could still even do a better job than that. But like women's basketball is getting a lot more like attention from the media and still volleyball is like right there when it comes to like viewers watching the mm-hmm. game. And that's just like the product is there. People want it. Give it to them. Like 92,000 people came to a football stadium to watch a volleyball game against in a, a game where that was Nebraska volleyball, the best team in the nation against Omaha, which I mean, that, that it wasn't about the game. It was something bigger than that. Like it was for women's sports everywhere to show, Hey, if you actually give people the opportunity to do this, like they will fans, come. Like, they're, they're going to come now. I mean, I don't know if they would, I mean, if they would play at Memorial Stadium every time, they probably wouldn't get 92,000 people no. there every time. And I mean, I think that's going to be a once, like, mm. I think that's a special moment. They're probably not going to do it again. But I mean, they could get Memorial Stadium pretty packed in Nebraska mm. just because volleyball is so special here. We've seen in other places like Wisconsin where they, you know, my friends who go to Wisconsin, they love volleyball because it's marketed to them. Oh, yeah. It is a big deal. And if ESPN would say, hey, the Elite Eight. This is a big deal. Yeah. Imagine if they were doing this for the Elite Eight in the March Madness exactly. tournament for men's basketball. It would be an uproar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you got to watch every game. Oh, yeah. You got to fill up the bracket. Yeah. I mean, fans would be furious if they couldn't watch the Elite Eight game. Like, <laughs> they, fans I mean, would be furious if they couldn't watch the one versus 16 seed. Oh, yeah. I mean, a game that you know is going to be a 20 point, <laughs> I mean, a 20 point blowout. People still want to watch it because, you know, it's college sports. People want to watch 100%. it. But with that, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to give our predictions for what we think is going to happen for the game tonight, who we think is going to win. All that is more is coming right here on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to The Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the Daily Nebraska Show on 93.7 The Ticket and 93.7 Ticket at .fm. Text line 402-464-5685 if you want to get in contact with us. Last segment here before we head out. We're going to preview this Nebraska versus Arkansas game. Give our predictions. Maybe to talk around a little bit about what we think about the matchup. Like I said earlier, Nebraska looking for its first undefeated season at Devaney since 2017 when they also won the national championship that year. Arkansas, last three seed left in the tournament, the only two seed not to advance to the Elite Eight and its first regional appearance in its history. Ben, you said it earlier. You think Nebraska is going to take care of business in the one. What are your thoughts? I think Devaney is going to be just as electric as it was in the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. That was labeled the game of the century. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be that level of a crowd tonight. 
Like everyone can sense that there's something different with this team. And I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying, oh, it's going to be a blowout sweep, you know, like Arkansas is no match for Nebraska. Like obviously like they're a good team. This is, I mean, honestly, probably their best team in program history. First time they made it to the elite eight. So, I mean, I'm expecting it to probably go four sets and, but I think Nebraska takes care of business and makes it to Tampa. What are your thoughts, Mercer? Are you going to Tampa? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm full full on board for Huskers winning tonight. I mean, as Ben said, I think it could be four sets. It's going to be gritty. Um, the Arkansas team has proved to be really fearless this season, as John Cook and the other players have pointed out. I mean, something that stuck out to me from the press conference yesterday was that the coach said that on, I think it was volleyball day, Arkansas went uh, five sets against Wisconsin. And that match just showed how gritty and how fearless her Arkansas team was. And against, you know, number one Wisconsin at the time or whatever they were ranked, but obviously a very high caliber team. And so I think we will see that tonight, just the grittiness of, of Arkansas. And they have some very elite players. And I think it's just going to be a really good match. I think it's also really cool that this is their first Elite Eight. That's super huge for the program and for their state as well. Nebraska is already a very established volleyball state, um, but Arkansas mm-hmm. is is not quite yet. But just getting to the elite, elite eight, I believe, got the intention of the state and of Arkansas, and that gives the team for them to root for. Yeah, like you said, building the program. We talk about John Cook's built the program here. Mm-hmm. Their coach, Jason Watson, I believe he's been there for eight years, originally from Australia. Mm-hmm. If you had, I, I listened to some of his press conference and a, a brilliant accent. I, I loved it. Uh, he's done a great job building that program as well. Uh, like, like I said, this is the farthest they've ever got. And they're, they're a smaller team. Like they, they do not have the size that Nebraska does. You know, they only rank 148th nationally in blocks per set uh, behind Nebraska and hitting, hitting percentage at 33rd in the, in the country. But they play really good team volleyball at a very quick pace. And they play as a team, which Nebraska does as well. Let, let's be frank. But mm-hmm. with the lack of size that they have, they really step up on playing together. Uh, I want to touch out some of their players. Jill Gillen, Jillian Gillen, but I think she goes by Jill Gillen. All LCCA selection. She is an outside hitter, senior outside hitter. She is five foot seven. Wow. Five foot seven. She had 20 kills in their win last week, or I guess it was on Thursday. So she's 28th in the country four almost four and a half kills per set. She jumps out of the gym. She, the, the bounce that she has to have to, Oh yeah. Attack at a, at a high level. Uh, Taylor head is their other outside hitter. Who's also SEC, all sec selection um, just behind her and kills per set. And uh, Hannah Hoagie, one of the best setters in the country. She was, another third, uh, third SEC all selection. So they've got three like elite talented players mm-hmm. on that side. Forced Kentucky into 31 errors. Wow. 31 on a 184 hitting percentage. So that's lower than Nebraska forced them into when they played a while ago, granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a very competitive team. I just have a hard time seeing how they're going to be able to compete with Nebraska's size, especially the block up front. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't want to be going against Becca Alec, like you said, Andy oh, yeah. Jackson and those two combining. It's going to be tough. And I don't see a world where they're able to hit at the same percentage as they were last week. So if Nebraska pl- blocks the same way and Batenhorst plays well, or if Krause ends up playing, I think they 
and play the same way they did against Georgia Tech, I think this is minimum four set, if not another sweep. Um, but again, congrats to Arkansas for making it to this point. And if they pull off an upset, going to the final four for the first time, what a huge moment that oh, would yeah, be. That'd be huge. Yeah, I mean, Becca Alec is honestly my key to this game. You know, I mean, Merritt Beeson's going to do what she does. Lexi Rodriguez is going to do what she does. Harper Murray's kind of been a little bit, I mean, she, she hasn't been bad in the tournament by any means, but she you knows she hasn't been her normal self. Becca Alec is kind of the engine of this team, in my opinion. And dominating the net is going to be key to winning this game because, you know, Arkansas's outside hitters are honestly, I mean, just as talented as Nebraska's, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be the middle blockers up front for Nebraska. That's going to be the difference in this game. And that's why I think Becca Alec is going to have a dominant performance tonight. I'm sure she'll be heated as always. Oh, yeah. Emotions are going to be <laughs> red and high. Last game in the Vanny. So it's, it's a little sad. It's been a lot. It is. We, we were talking about this the other day. It seems just, just a short time ago that everyone was in, that you got to cover Nebraska Volleyball Day. And yeah. the hype that was that season over overachieved at expectations this year, which are which is pretty hard to do given how high expectations are every year. What a big moment it would be for these freshmen and I would say seniors because it's their last game, but there are none. So it's not really a senior night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what a big moment that would be to finalize a great night on a Saturday night in Lincoln, head to Tampa with a chance to win it all against any combination of Wisconsin, Oregon, Texas, Louisville. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the storylines are are off the page, absolutely. And with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week. We're going to be live at the same time. We're going to start at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. next Saturday. And we're going to do... We're going to do kind of the same type of show as this. You know, we're probably... If volleyball keeps going. We're going to touch on volleyball again. And hopefully there'll be some more storylines to tell. But with that... We got to watch the volleyball game. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's going to start in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> so we're going to sign off. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, make sure we're right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Make sure to tune in next week for our second episode.